0: Lemonade. I am Patrick.
1: And I am Abby. And this is our first guest episode coming up. This is exciting.
0: Isn't it though? like,
1: I mean, we've had our intro episode, episode zero. People got to know us a little bit. And so far, we've had good feedback. Uh, I've had several people in my life be a little bit disturbed by my inability to tell the truth when playing two truths and a lie. (laughs) But that's okay. I'm working on it.
0: Hey, that's fair. That's fair. So you said you've got mainly positive feedback then?
1: Yes. Yes, okay. I have.
0: Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. I've gotten a little bit of the opposite. Okay. Nothing terrible. I've been, I've been called out already a little bit on my lack of positivity.
1: Well, this is why we're doing this podcast. Because you want to learn to be more optimistic.
0: Right. Right. And then the other aspect of it was... There's a few more questions I think people want us to answer. A little like
1: I'm gonna guess, how do we know each other?
0: <laughs> right. There's, there's, there's <laughs> there, there, yeah. There's there's a little bit of that. Like yeah. So who are you doing a podcast with? <laughs> there's been a lot of that. So I think maybe as time goes on, we'll get it a little bit more into those questions, or we'll put it out on social or on the website. Or okay. if you have a question, and we'll try to answer.
1: Oh um, yeah. Ask us questions. Ask us questions. Hit us up on our website, scarsandlemonade.com, or find us on Instagram at scarsandlemonade. We would love to know what you want to know more about either Patrick, myself, Abby, or the two of us and how we know each other and that kind of stuff. Keep it clean, keep it friendly, (laughs) and we will answer it.
0: I like how you're giving that little bit of a warning beforehand. So what kind of <laughs> audience members have you been talking to if you're if you have to warn them about keeping it clean and
1: uh, I mean you just never know what kind of a day people are having or where they're at or maybe what they've just watched and if they're like coming from a place of being like, we want to know everything and we're gonna ask it, I don't know. I'm running out of steam already. I don't know. <laughs> just as a precursor, just just a little bit of parameters if people need it when they're coming up with questions, but we do want to hear from you.
0: That's right. That's right. We want to try to make this as interactive as possible. If you think you know someone who would make a great guest for the show, yeah. right? Like we'd love to hear that too and love to get in touch with some people. The whole idea of Scars and Lemonade is built around community.
1: Yes. Not the TV show. <laughs> Six seasons and a movie.
0: Though, so if any one of those actors wants to come on and be a guest, <laughs> our door is always open.
1: <laughs> We're looking at you, Donald Glover or Allison Brie.
0: So, so t- you don't want uh, Joel uh, McHale?
1: I mean, like we said, we'll take anybody from the, movie com- or from the show community. Well, you know what? Already in my head, I'm like, well, not Chevy? that person. But, uh, <laughs> but speaking of community, that's actually a good segue into our episode today. Because community is something that came up from our guest. And actually, this episode, I'm really excited for people to hear it. As I mentioned in our intro, our guest is a dear friend of mine. She's one of the people who I just am so, I admire her so much, and I'm also inspired by her. And I feel like this episode, she's a great interview. She gives good talk.
0: And that was one of the things. I know when you were saying initially that you wanted to get this person on the pod and have her, especially for our first guest, you talked her up a whole (laughs) lot, a whole lot. And I will admit that I was actually blown away by the conversation that we had, just her spirit, her energy, once the conversation started. I, I recently went to a classified concert and kind of don't know what to expect. I appreciated him from the artistic spot. Okay. But I never really listened to his music all that much. Just a few of the big I'm like hits, right? i
1: on the edge of my seat trying to figure out how this is going to tie together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll sit back and enjoy. It. So the the show was just like super chill. So he was doing an acoustic show. So okay. he's gone back and gone over some of his hits. And he's kind of built a vibe where like the stage is set up as if it's like someone's kitchen or living room and he's kind of invited you in. Okay. And the biggest thing is the lyrics and the vibe are all like very positive, oh, okay. uh very grown. Okay. And but I was thinking this and being like, that's what we would love to create through our pod. Like that's a
1: classified concert. An acoustic
0: classified <laughs> concert. <Okay. Right? laughs> but just that vibe and that energy. And I was thinking back to one of the times where I've just felt like either that relaxed and filled by that po- much positivity, mm-hmm. and it links back to this conversation that we had with our guest, yes. who will remain unnamed until we <laughs> oh, get okay. into the segue, right? <laughs> okay, Mister. <doctor. laughs> got, it, got right, it, Right? But when you listen to her talk,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you forget that this is, mm-hmm. that she's recounting to you her scars.
2: Mm-hmm. Right,
0: it it's it mainly sounds like lemonade if if once it hits your ears. So that's one thing I think that going into this, our listeners should st- keep an eye out for. Is, can you keep an eye out when you're listening? Uh, you can to something? keep
1: your ear out for. You can you can make sure you listen there, for it. There, there I you go. Like the phrase, listen for listen for Keep
0: it. your ears open for the amount of energy and positivity, and the, just the way that she expresses herself. Because I think that's the vibe of an acoustic classified concert.
1: But, okay. <laughs> Weird, weird wraparound, but all right. I think we should also point out we will be playing some games with our guest. So we aren't sure what we want to call the games yet. So each time we play a game and we introduce it in this episode, we will be giving a couple of options that we are deciding between, and we want your help with it. So either send us an email, scarsandlemonade at gmail.com, hit us up on our website, scarsandlemonade.com, Find us on Instagram at Scars and Lemonade, where we will be putting on some polls. And I'm amazed that I actually remembered all of those off the top of my
0: head. (laughs) And you nailed it. But
1: yeah, games, games, games. And now an interview. (laughs) I have the distinct honor of introducing our very first guest on the Scars and Lemonade podcast. I am very excited to have her here. She is a longtime friend, first time interview. And she is one of my personal resiliency heroes. Sometimes known as Carmen San Diego for her globe trotting ways, she's also a sometime singer <laughs> at professional sporting events. All of the time, badass and all around phenomenal person. Please welcome to the very first episode of the Scars of Lemonade Podcast, the often imitated, never duplicated,
3: Sarah Simpson. <laughs> oh my gosh, that might be the oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you didn't get my note about my walk-on music. Next <laughs> time.
0: <Next> time. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
3: That was amazing, Abby.
0: What would it have been? Pardon? What would your walk-on music have been?
3: Uh, Maybe like some Eye of the Tiger or maybe something Rocky related. But like the training montage, maybe. Oh, yeah, like yeah.
0: Okay, we'll see what we yeah. got.
3: <laughs> okay, great. Sarah, thank you Thanks so much for, for being outro. here. Thank you. I'm so pumped for you I'm pumped for this podcast and first-time interviewer, but I'll be a long-time listener, I promise. Ah,
1: So we are going to begin with the rules of our word game. Our game is called Hidden Gems. Our game is called Lemon Seeds. So this is the part where you vote. You get in touch with us and let us know which word name game you prefer. <laughs> so if you would like to pull up randomwordgenerator.com. We will okay. all go there, and we will each pull up a word that you can think you can work into the conversation at least three times, but not something so like innocuous, like the word "the" or the word "I don't right. know." Give yourself yeah, a so little keep bit going until you find a word okay. that you can play with. Don't tell us what it is, and at the end of our conversation, we'll all take a guess on each other's word.
3: Yep, got it.
1: Patrick, okay. do you have your word?
0: Yep. Yep. I'm good to oh, that's go. that's
1: funny that you said that. The word go came up for me. I was like, that's too easy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like 500 times. Yeah. Okay, but.
1: I'm ready. You ready?
0: Let's do I am ready. Let's do this.
1: All right, Sarah. So the podcast is called Scars and Lemonade, as you know. We're interested in learning how people took their scars and turned them into lemonade without picking up those scars, of course. So please, you've been through a cancer battle repeatedly, We were wondering if you could share with us whatever you're comfortable sharing about your Scars
3: to Lemonade journey. Yes, of course. I'll preface this by saying when I first started on this journey, I was very cagey about sharing details about what I was going through. Uh, It's a very rare condition. There's not much known about it. And so I think when you start to talk to people, I think they just hear cancer.
2: Mm -hmm. And
3: a lot of stuff come up for a lot of people when they hear that word. So... I was working through it myself, doing very little research, oddly enough, Hmm. because I just, I think as soon as you do research, you hear the worst, the worst, uh, the worst outcomes. So I kind of was taking my, my physicians at their word and, uh, and moving through it uh, kind of moment to moment. So all that being said, 15 years kind of down the road, I'm there. I'm more than happy to talk about my experience in hopes that it brings levity Uh, it brings insight to other people potentially going through similar struggles. So yeah, as I said, roughly 15 years ago,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. I was experiencing just very weird abdominal pain. Uh, And it can be a number of things. It can be indigestion. It can be food poisoning. But you know how many problems can just be abdominal pain. Right. And so I was misdiagnosed several times. uh, And Mm -hmm. And partly was because of walking clinics, and and I and there is a time and a place for walking clinics. They do mm-hmm. incredible work um, at seeing people quickly and and getting people what they need. But for consistency, I, I kind of just lost that red thread. Right. And so finally saw my family doc, who was able to do a bit more of a physical exam, and she's said your appendix is ready to burst. Ooh. You gotta go. And so Ooh. I went straight from her to merge and got the appendix out. It was a bit of a complicated uh, surgery. Uh, I won't go into to gross details, mm-hmm. but uh, let's just say it wasn't a smooth a smooth operation. Smooth operator?
1: That's exactly what I was thinking when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> smooth
2: <laughs> operator.
3: <laughs> but uh, we thought, okay, it was a bit complicated. I was in hospital for a few days, but we're good. Let's move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. Pain continued. We did some scans and realized we probably need to go back in. And it was in that second surgery that they discovered this very unique type of mucus only produced by a certain type of cancer. Okay. And so the oh, cancer wow. th- is a very long name. It's called pseudomyxoma peritonei We call it PMP, so easy to, uh, <laughs> to shorten. And it's basically a cancer that can originate in a few different areas. So mine originated in the appendix and it produces these cells that produce kind of like a mucinous, like, like jelly, like substance Okay. that, so it's not like a typical tumor that grows, but it does produce this substance that then can be, uh, highly, um, like it can be highly detrimental to all of your, all of your organs. Okay. Uh, And so the treatment is of course, getting in and removing the jelly, but it's also getting in and removing several different organs. So they call it the mother of all surgeries because the, the, the ultimate surgery is to go in and remove like your spleen, gallbladder, complete uh, hysterectomy, bowel resection, and other people sometimes have to get kidneys. like there's wow. they kind of have to do a full, they call it tumor debulking, okay. but then removal because the tumor kind of likes to live on uh, specific organs. So we thought we'd have to get that surgery done in the states because mm-hmm. it's there's only a few physicians that were doing the surgery. Um and when you think of how many surgeons there are in very specific fields, mm-hmm. like once someone does, is a cardiac surgeon. Other one, others are a GI surgeon. You needed someone that was a generalist that knew how to go in and do right. all of these different surgeries. So it's a, it's not very many surgeons were trained to do this.
1: And I'm guessing Meredith Grey wasn't available. <laughs>
3: no, she wasn't. <sighs> probably. And probably for the best. had died, and so
0: <laughs> no, spoiler know. alert. No, for the best. But so I
3: was like, yeah.
0: Sorry to jump in, but can you paint us a picture of where your mind was at when you find out about the diagnosis? Let alone when they say you have to go in for the mother of all surgeries, and they and they're
1: how did like, you not research and speculate? Because that's all I would have done. Well,
0: that's the thing; like WebMD would have driven you crazy.
3: It would have, and it it's funny. There's two very opposite ends of the spectrum with this condition. You like sometimes it is quite lethal. It's a small percentage, but that is when you catch it quite late. And so Mm -hmm. when I said it, the jelly-like substance, people get this, uh, they call it jelly belly. Mm -hmm. So when you catch it quite late, people almost think they've just gained maybe 100 pounds in their gut when it's actually just the fluid. So that's considered late stage. Okay, Where mine was, I maybe had a little bit of the the mucus produced, but not to the furthest extent um, where I was potentially given like a, a life sentence, so to speak. So okay. the nice thing was generally in the beginning, my diagnosis was promising. They said the, the scary part will be the surgery because anything can go wrong in a surgery mm-hmm. and especially a surgery of this magnitude
2: mm-hmm.
3: where you're under anesthetic for 15, 16 hours. Oh, wow. Uh, but it's, yep, it's quite crazy. And the chemotherapy that they do is also very new. Um, experimental and it's heated, and they kind of put it in as a wash while you're still under anesthetic. Okay. So when you think of typical chemotherapy, it's kind of in, uh, administered intravenously through mm-hmm. the through the bloodstream. Whereas, yeah, mine kind of it sits on top, and then they kind of drain it out. So when I woke up from anesthetic. I, I felt a, like a cyborg. I probably had 16 <laughs> tubes coming out of me. Wow. Um, mainly with draining the chemo, but then I had one. I, had, I was in ICU for quite a while, so uh, pretty much a tube for everything at that point. And overall, surgery went quite well. And to back it up, sorry, we did find someone in Canada that had trained under the surgeon in the U.S. So we will forever be thankful for Dr. Temple in Calgary, Alberta that was kind of our our saving grace he was our hero and he uh, executed a a relatively successful surgery they kind of got most of it um what they could do and hospital for a month kind of home recovering for another month or two and then i was back at work and yes i lost i probably lost like 30-ish pounds so i did i did look a bit different but other than that, you couldn't really tell that I had been to hell and back, to be honest. It was uh, a huge undertaking. So uh, that was my first experience. And then, unfortunately, it did come back four more times. Four more times. And when I say come back, it, yeah, you kind of think, okay, so I've, uh, I've been through the ringer. Uh-huh. Let's get on with life. Uh-huh. And I did get on with life. I, like, nothing really changed. Still, I went back to work. I got back to my, I think I was, I was a big runner at the time. So I got back to running and still in like in my twenties. So still still partying, (laughs) still know my way around a dance floor. And it, and it, whenever it came back, it, it was never because I had symptoms. It only came back because of scans. Oh, interesting. So yeah, they only just saw small pockets on the scan and said, you know, while it is a slow growing Um, tumor we can we should go in and kind of nip this in the bud before it gets any worse and so it did come back four more times not to the scale of that first time Uh, so the first time definitely was longest surgery largest number of procedures and so it kind of just came back in pockets okay so knock on wood i've hit the five-year mark so
2: yes congratulations Yes.
3: yes this continues so as I said, I I like to take this one step at a time or uh-huh. one game at a time to uh-huh. use a a, ref, a sports <laughs> reference and not trying to overthink it. But that's yeah. my story.
1: That's a that's a doozy of a story.
0: That's an insane story. <laughs> like, like you
1: like, are early. You're forty and a five time cancer survivor. Yes, I am. Like that's so young to have experienced yeah. so much.
3: Sometimes seems surreal to me that I I almost <laughs> it's like forget what I went through and Mm
2: -hmm. sometimes
3: even have to remind myself when God I'm doing like all I have to do is hold a sixty second plank in a class and (laughs) you've been you've been through worse. You
0: can
3: hold a plank.
0: See, I would (laughs) look at it the other way be like, you know what, I kinda paid my dues already. I can take a thirty seconds here. That's fine.
3: You don't tell me what to (laughs) do,
0: the person
1: leading this class. Get out of here.
0: Well, it's hilarious that you say that when you look back at it, it's so surreal to you and even just hearing the story and I've heard a bit of it before, but hearing the story again, like there's so much things there that you can unpack and like, what is it specifically, and I'll give you a few of mine, but what's some of the things that stick out to you or what's the thing that sticks out the most to you when you're looking back or the next time you tell your story that you're like, Oh yeah, that was also part of what I went through and did.
3: Yeah. Well, put it bluntly, you approach life completely differently. Like you're, I think it's safe to say most of us feel a little bit invisible in our twenties, and yeah. you—I don't think we—we we hopefully don't haven't really had exposure to cancer or someone close to us with cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you have any experience in the do's and don'ts around dealing with something this big. And I, I will preface this by saying I was never given X. Like here's your percentage chance to to live. Okay. So I think my my experience would have been very different if I thought, okay, I, this could kill me, and and mm-hmm. it could have like the, there could have been several things that go wrong in surgery, but for the most part, early diagnosis was it is slow growing, it is treatable, it's a it's a pain in the ass, <laughs> and surgery is a pain in the ass, yeah. but we I think we can it's something we can manage. So it it taught me resiliency.
1: Yeah
3: it taught me gratitude. It, my mom and I did a lot of, because my surgery was in Alberta, unfortunately it was a little bit isolating with all my friends and family in BC. So most of most days it was my mom and I, I had a few friends in Calgary that would drop by, but it was quite lonely. And so we would gratitude, we would gratitude journal and it really helped to, to put things in perspective and kind of, keep us positive so that was a huge thing it also taught me a lot about dealing with grief and Mm. how to how to talk to people about big situations I think that Mm -hmm. what's one of the the biggest gifts I've learned from my situation was I no longer shy away from the big the big talks and the deep talks because I love getting deep with people if anything I meet new people and I just cut straight to the deep (laughs) like the deep cuts because you just get so much more richness out of a discussion when you just go straight to those those issues and obviously Mm -hmm. I don't I've never want to cross a line where I'm like talking to someone who maybe is a fellow cancer survivor they might not be as comfortable talking about it as I am right I'm someone that's now an open book I'm clearly doing a podcast about it (laughs) and, and and I love talking about my journey but I think I I have a good grasp on um, how to approach big topics, whether it's cancer, whether it's death of a loved one, whether it's anything you name it. I am part of it is just showing up. And some friends were the same. They're like, "Oh my god, I don't. What do I say to my one of my friends? Yeah, just got diagnosed with cancer." Like some friends did, unfortunately, shy away, and it's no fault on them. Some people get they don't know what what to say, what to do. I mean. Kind of a little though. Which
1: I mean, you're being very kind about it, but I feel like maybe it is kind of a little bit of their fault yep. if they can't figure out a way to handle it. Just because um, yeah. you obviously have a lot go had a lot going on, so it's not really your job to help someone else manage it,
3: right? And I think I did. I I am an an empath by heart, and I always want to make sure everyone is feeling comfortable in the room. So I tried to make people feel as comfortable with it as possible, but my one massive piece of advice is just show up. You like mm. some of the best visits I had was we just, they would show up and we'd play cards or they would tell me what is going on in their lives. Cause that's all I needed was a distraction. I don't need you to give me sweeping life advice. <laughs> it's just be there as a friend and that's all I really needed. Yeah. And So that's kind of what I take forward now to, through to my life is you don't necessarily have to have all the answers. It's just,
0: show up well i guess you also want to get back to that sense of normalcy in your life and it was just playing cards with your friends or cracking jokes or catching up on dreamy and mcdreamy
1: mcdreamy and (laughs) And meredith and meredith Meredith, oh Oh, my bad yeah not just dreamy Dreamy. (laughs) and around that time probably also mcsteamy
0: (laughs) till he died
3: yes i think he was alive then yeah good for you very weird My first surgery. my first surgery, I have no clue why I did, but I started Dexter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Try to pick up some tips. So
3: <laughs> Yeah. Wild. <laughs>
0: but
3: and this is definitely dating myself. When my first surgery I was working for the Canucks, and my team was amazing. They gave me one of those portable DVD players to take to the hospital. <laughs> nice. Remember oh, that's those? the part that's stating yeah. yourself. I it's, was yeah. like,
1: working for the Canucks? <laughs> Your team? teaming? Oh, it's that. No. That's the part.
3: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After that, I had laptops. I would watch things, but the first time, it's like, oh, we got you this portable DVD player, <laughs> and here's, like, a, the full season of Dexter. <laughs> it's like, as a box set. I was like, great. <laughs>
1: Oh, every part of that sentence was like a very time specific. (laughs) I also like what you said, though, just about learning about your resilience through this, because resiliency is one of those things that you don't know you have until you go through something. Whereas you know you're optimistic before, you can kind of tell from your outlook on stuff. But as you're going through, you've talked a little bit about some of the self-care activities that you've picked up for mental health, like gratitude journaling and other activities that you did with your mom. Do you carry on any of that stuff now? Or else what other things do you do?
3: I try to. So it's funny. It's like you almost get a bit of amnesia in every surgery. you, And it's kind of what happened to everyone during the pandemic. Like mm-hmm. you just slow life down to a, to a halt. And I think everyone gave themselves that much more space to take a step back, reevaluate what's important. Mm-hmm. And I was able to do that every surgery because I went from job, travel, everything you can pack into a schedule to waking up. And the biggest thing on my calendar would be like doing laps around the surgical ward. <laughs> like,
0: and so you put that on your calendar. You actually put that on your calendar.
3: You do. You will especially in the beginning, you like you're forced to do like, okay, today you're going to do three laps. And it's like, okay, let's do this. But you, you're able to really slow down and then you, you try to make a promise to yourself. Okay. When I, when life gets back to normal, mm-hmm. I'm, this is what I'm going to carry through and ask me if I carried any of it through most, like it's unfortunately, no, it is so easy to just Bonk. flip a switch and go back to craziness. And it's the same thing that happened with the pandemic I right? with like, okay, I'm going to under, I'm not going to overschedule myself. <laughs> I'm going to give myself more self like time to read, meditate, gratitude journal. And it's, how quickly you lose it is fascinating to me. And so I try to, if anything, maybe it's not the process of bringing out a journal, but it's the process of turning off my mind a bit. I have a dog now, which allows me to go on walks. Mm-hmm. And I almost force myself to not like bring my AirPods and just. Ooh. Think about the day, think about what I'm grateful for, uh, and there's lots to be grateful for. So maybe that is there's been some few things that carried over, but I was bad at at just flipping back to my old ways.
0: I'm so glad that you said that like that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed, especially like you said, like after the pandemic, especially everything is just back to normal, go, 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 go. And I find like, especially we're talking about like resiliency and like building optimism, even like you need to be able to step away from what's going on and what your day-to-day is and just actually take a time to, Oh, this is life and I'm appreciating this and I understand and I see different things and I can just, Relax for an hour and not have to think about anything. Yeah, and like you said, don't have your pods yep. in, don't have the TV going in the background, and try to do forty things. No, just actually take time to decompress and get back to like yep. ground zero. So that's awesome to say that because like, and the- that's
3: very hard for me. I get very anxious sitting still. I yeah, and it's, it's it's something I need to practice. That like some I can't even fall asleep without a podcast. Like there's no quiet uh-huh. in my life and it's so I wouldn't, I need to schedule quiet. And so the dog walks have been great for that. My commute to work actually used to be that time. So I lost that with with working from home. So it's funny that I kind of missed the commute because it's that quiet 20 minutes before getting to work that I would be able to do some thinking. Um, So it's, it's just trying to find different pockets in your schedule to,
0: to schedule that in. Yeah. I love that. I think that's where self-care begins. Yeah, I think so too.
1: Hey, I kind of, well, I know you, but so I'm trying to ask you questions that I don't immediately know the answer to and that I don't (laughs) want to like speculate about what you're going to say because you're here so I can just ask you. So while we're talking about optimism, what has been key for you in finding ways to access your optimism and how do you handle the moments when it feels impossible to get there, to reach for that moment of brightness?
3: So knowing there would be life beyond my surgery, beyond my treatment I would always set one big goal, and not only did it help just get my mind off the treatment, the hospital, the the tests. Mm-hmm. It gave me something to work towards, and so the first surgery was a no. I'm trying to get them, it's all it's they're all jumbled. I think the first <laughs> surgery was was hiking Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, so something so, super chill. You
1: started
0: really easy. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. It's just, not the tallest, it's
3: hiking. not the, it wasn't it wasn't Everest, Abby. It wasn't the tallest <laughs> back in the world. Just snacking on crackers um, on your way up
0: the hill, eh? Yeah. No big deal. It's
3: like crawl before crawl before you walk. Um <laughs> so I had I had a girlfriend I grew up with who uh, we had done multiple hikes together and she was already heading over to Africa to do this. And I semi-invited myself, but (laughs) it was like perfect timing for me to work towards something in my recovery. And it was my first time overseas, so even just getting ready to go to a foreign country as someone who had never been outside North America was a lot to to digest. And Mm -hmm. but it was the perfect thing to digest, and uh, it was an incredible, life changing experience that I will, yeah, forever be grateful for. Second one was a triathlon. So I've always been very active. I'm kind of a, one of your like, what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. I think I was, I was in every sport under the sun growing up, Mm -hmm. but kind of gravitated towards running in university. Okay. And, and then recently got into cycling. So I'm like, oh, I've got two of the three. Oh, yeah. Swimming, <laughs> <laughs> be Fun fact, swimming is very
2: difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and... it's a Shocker. shocker.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I just did like the, it's the baby try. It's called a sprint triathlon, but again, incredible activity to kind of pull me out of the swirling thoughts of oh my God, what is this next test going to come out? Is this cancer going to come back? Is like all the things that go on? I'm like, nope, let's just focus on, like we're going to start getting in the pool. We, we, we'll, we'll just start with treading water. We'll sign up for a triathlon and work towards that. So uh, that was the second. And I honestly, I can't name off the, the every, I know I had a, those were kind of the first big two, but uh, I think the third, <laughs> the third one, was i got into knitting so not an athletic endeavor that's yeah i I feel like there's a real range of what's happening here it very is i told you jack jane of all (laughs) trades yeah i also every surgery would pick up a random craft so yeah knitting was one and i it was my goal to knit a blanket the last surgery was cross stitch and i got it was fun so i would do like fun cross stitches for friends. And I think one time I got into beating. Anyway, I need you need something or uh-huh. I would go stir crazy. Uh-huh.
0: So <laughs> I do but love this. It's I don't know from... if
3: that answers your optimism <laughs> question, but I think I, I needed I I found outlets to keep me optimistic. Yeah, so. uh, that maybe weren't weren't tied up in kind of what was going on with my with my treatment.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense because, you know, what, it would have been very easy for your treatments to become the full scope of your existence. But reminding yourself that while that was yeah. happening, you also had other facets of yourself that you wanted to nurture. So that makes sense
2: to me. Yeah, totally. It is
3: easy to lose your identity. It's like, you instantly become patient Sarah. Mm-hmm. And patient Sarah is very different. And you feel sorry for yourself. And you, yeah, life is just so different. And, and so you almost, you almost lose sight of, no, I used to be someone who loved XYZ and I can get back to doing XYZ and you have to almost remind yourself that uh, that part of you isn't gone. But it's sometimes when you're, when you're in it, you just feel that like there's no end in sight. So you definitely have to keep reminding yourself that like you're, you're still that person inside that is capable of running triathlons and hiking mountains mm-hmm. and, and seeing friends, but it, it's hard.
0: Wow. Well, speaking of, uh, trying new things and I was doing a little bit of research, getting ready for this interview. And I think I found something that Abby hasn't, uh, come across or asked you about. I so I don't know if it's off limits or whatnot, but as I was going through and I found out that, uh, at some point you won a manager of the year for managing a group of male dancers that you met at a cracker barrel. Is this something that you can expand on a, a little <laughs> bit for for us and the rest of the audience
2: here?
1: What? What are you talking? about? I think Patrick's playing two truths and a lie, but I think it's his game's called all lies. Oh. All lies all the time.
0: I'm pretty <laughs> okay. sure it was It's it in your was, Wikipedia, so, like
1: Sarah. Sarah find- look it up.
3: <laughs> I know there's quite a few Sarah Simpsons out there, and so maybe (laughs) maybe this like uh, my my alter ego is.
1: I don't want to speculate
3: about your past because you Uh, have
1: had a ton of different jobs. Managing a dance
3: troupe, (laughs) yeah. I mean. My dance career is a little, it has a broken history, but,
1: um. <laughs> Just Sure. Uh, although uh, you should watch Finding Magic Mike. If anybody hasn't seen that reality <laughs> show. Oh, it, it, no, it's incredible. It's incredible, it's incredible wow. where is they it? try to find a dancer for the Magic Mike traveling show or like the live show. And it's hosted yeah. by Adam Rodriguez, who was in the Magic Mike movies. I think he played Tito. And anyway, I like binge watched it in two days. This is wildly off topic, but I really just feel like immediately after watching it, I was like, why am I not in Vegas right now? What? I, I have made so many poor life choices that I'm not in Vegas watching them live right now. You're married, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't mean I can't your appreciate go, performances.
0: You're going to leave your family and go exactly. I'll take a red eye and be back
1: in time for daycare okay. drop off. Give okay. me a break. Back and forth.
0: I got it. <laughs> I got it. Oh
1: my gosh. So, Sarah, we wanted to ask you just one more question. Do you have any advice for anybody else who's maybe going through a similar journey like yours, whether it be cancer or just some other adversity? What do you have advice for them for keeping themselves going and for self-care and for just kind of things that you you found helpful?
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Seek out a community that isn't your friends or family. Ooh. I wish I did that earlier.
0: That isn't your friends or family. I, I like that. that.
3: Yeah. It's so, I think there's a time you, you need your friends and family. They obviously are critical for, uh, kind of guiding you along and supporting you and being your biggest cheerleaders, but they're, so it's hard. I did have a rare condition, so there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of people that I could look to, but I'm now in a couple of Facebook groups with people from around the world that had my condition and. I just wish I would have found this group when I was going through what I was going through because right. I was so scared. I was, and I internalized so much because I almost didn't want to scare my parents with how I was feeling. Right. And it, it just would have been a great outlet for asking questions. And now I actually chime in as, as a survivor to, to help people who are have been just diagnosed with pseudomyxoma and what to expect. Obviously everybody's different, but mm-hmm. sometimes just knowing you just have people saying like, you got this, like we're, we're here with you. Um, and you hear success stories. Sometimes you do hear like you have to, you have to be prepared that there will be sometimes not so good news.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, but you, you do one thing that my family, my partner always remind me is that every case is completely different. It is so easy to say this person had this treatment and maybe it didn't go so well. Yeah. their condition is very different than mine and everyone's condition and uh, my age, my uh, genetic background, everything is different. And so I think some people maybe aren't in the right headspace. I've had people that actually I offered to talk to, but didn't want to talk to me because my cancer returned multiple times. Okay. And so it, yeah, it was, so it was a, it was a bit tough because they obviously want to, it's, only talk to someone that had kind of a rosy outcome. Okay. I see
0: what you're saying.
3: Yeah. You know, but hopefully I still bring things to the table from a positive perspective uh, that I am like still living a very full life regard. Like despite having uh, gone through it five times, Mm -hmm. but I think finding a community, it would have been integral early on just to, to help navigate what I was going through. and, and some people are even like, I'm experiencing like incredible gas
2: or something like right. We <laughs> all
3: went through it because we all we all had our bellies operated on right, like, very intensive, and so um, you just get it's it's very real talk, and I love it. And yeah, that would be my advice.
1: Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So, on a very mm-hmm. important note, did everyone use their word at least three times?
0: I only used mine twice. I. I think I got in three. Okay. I think so.
1: I suspect the running theme of this podcast will be that we will play this game and we will never guess the
0: word correctly. <laughs> but, no. But it's worth a try. Uh, yeah, I, I think so too. Okay,
1: Sarah, I'm going to try to guess your word. Was your word yeah. outlet?
3: No. Can
1: okay, wait. That's I, a good I, one, I have more though. guesses. Do you have a guess for Sarah's? Oh, okay.
0: No, I don't. So if you've got another guess, go ahead.
3: Was it commute? No. Was it digest? It was a word that actually worked perfectly in my story, which is probably tough. Ooh, was it condition? <laughs> no.
1: Okay, I'm out.
0: <laughs> Diagnosis. <laughs> was it gas or jelly?
1: No. no. <laughs> was it cancer? <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: I hope not. <laughs> All right, I Could give up. Can you imagine? <laughs>
1: what was your word, Sarah?
3: It was broken.
0: Oh, oh wow. Okay. That did work well. Yeah. 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 yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. Do you have a guess on Patrick's? Uh, Was it manage?
0: No. No.
1: Was it relax? Mm. No.
0: No. I thought I shoehorned it in there too. So.
1: Yeah, but you know we don't always listen. Well, that's. that's (laughs) Um, Was it decompress?
0: No, but I'm using words I didn't even realize I had used. That's (laughs) that's pretty good. Uh, My word. Wait.
3: Sarah, do you have
1: another guess for Patrick? Or are you ready to hear it?
3: It has to do something with the Cracker Barrel story. That came out of boot left field. Am I right?
0: You're close. Yes. Ooh, was it dancer? No. 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 Man- but, uh, oh yeah, did really manage. See, no, yeah. Good guess, Sarah. Good guess. Good guess. Good guess.
1: You did say cracker a couple times. You said cracker barrel, and then when she was talking about hiking Kilimanjaro, walking up the hill eating or
0: the mountain oh, eating crackers, there you go. You got it. It's oh, crackers. you got it. Can you <laughs> win? Yeah, uh, yes,
2: teamwork, uh, it.
1: Sarah. Teamwork.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I love ladies. it. Good yes. job. Done. There you Amazing. go. See, we, we cracked one. Um, your word yeah. now. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought I notice something earlier
3: i feel like no words came out of left field for you oh yay that
0: makes <laughs> me happy <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah so it means you did it seamlessly
0: challenge was, was challenge it was not mm-hmm. hobby nope uh, okay yeah no i i'm at a loss all right you ready to hear so it you were
3: clearly you're taking notes abs you're you're already... Well, yeah. So I was like,
1: I heard it. a word. And then I was like, I think she said it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, my word was
3: speculate.
0: Okay. Oh, that's Whoa. Too. <laughs> that's a good one.
3: Interesting. That is a good one. That's nice. Because it's... Yeah, it's almost like you need weird words, like pickle or something, you know, that are... But when they're a bit more broad, they're sneaky. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much for chatting with us, Sarah. That was incredible. You ready to play a game? Let's go. Okay, so we are going to play a game called Quiet on the Set. We are going to play a game called Dress Rehearsal. We are going to play a game called A Slice of Hollywood. Again, this is the part where you vote, vote, vote for the game name. Get in touch and let us know. So what's going to happen is that Patrick will read a scene from some sort of a motion picture or some sort of a f- a feature, and you will need to guess where it is from. All right. I'm game.
0: And Abby knows that you've seen this.
1: That's She doesn't need any hints. You will get this. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. <laughs> all right.
3: I've never met Abby before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Just cue the action one. Day, one day. And Action.
0: Scratch that. This is not a moment. It's the movement where all the hungriest brothers with something to prove went. Foes oppose us. We take an honest stand. We roll like Moses, claiming our promised land. Do
1: you have a guess? Or do you need to hear a more?
3: Hunger Games? Nope. I think I need to hear more.
0: And if we win our independence, that's a guarantee of freedom for our descendants. Or will the blood we shed begin an endless cycle of vengeance? and death with no defendants.
3: Great
1: part? Nope. Ooh, I'm curious. I thought you would have gotten this one right away. Just wait. Okay. And then the next part is... uh, Independence Day? Nope. Nope. I know the action in the street is exciting, but Jesus, between all the bleeding and fighting, I've been reading and writing, we need to handle our financial situation. Are we a nation of states? What's the state of our nation? I'm past Hamilton. Pic- yes. <laughs> uh,
0: I was going to say, even I would have gotten oh. it by that point. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Come on, Sarah.
0: That's okay. You don't my have a, a theater past in your background or anything. You didn't like just that, see right? it recently or anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am so ashamed of myself. Oh my gosh. Yes, that was my <laughs> shot Lynn from Man- Hamilton. lin,
3: lin-, lin- Manuel is not listening to this podcast.
1: <laughs> Actually,
0: we know he subscribes for sure. So. He- <laughs>
3: He's the 100%. one
1: who asked us to do this podcast. Yeah.
0: Really? He says She'll know this one for Gotta sure. Gotta love
3: Liz. <laughs> that's a, I think you, if you put it in, if you put it in rap form, I think it would have been. Yeah, that's the whole yeah. thing.
1: It's weird to hear a song spoken, just like you're it, reading a text. Yeah.
3: Oh my gosh. Love it.
0: Well, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for joining us and giving us uh, this great interview. And thank you for sharing your story. Like I said, that is, there's so many pieces of that story that you could pull out and talk to you for another hour about, but that's <laughs> that, Hey, that, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing.
3: Thanks so much. And congrats on the podcast. I am, I'm looking forward to future episodes and talk soon. Thank you. Hopefully see you soon one day.
0: we Will do. we Will do.
3: Cheers.
1: Wasn't Sarah such a good guest?
0: Mind blowing. I know I said it in the preamble, but listening back to the whole episode, still, still the same way. Still so, so impressed by her.
1: Totally. And it feels like, do you remember? I don't know. Do you ever watch Saturday Night Live? Anymore? No.
0: Like, did
1: you know the Stefan character that Bill Hader played on Update? No. He'd come on and he'd be like... Talking about like the nightclubs in New York can be like, this club had everything. That's how I feel about this episode. I'm like, this this episode had everything. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy references, pseudomyxoma, myxoma peritonei, the mother of all surgery, Mount Kilimanjaro, gratitude journaling, everything.
0: So is uh Param Pseudo is that like Jelly Belly?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was PMP, her cancer. Yes.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Jelly Pseudo- Belly.
1: Pseudomyxoma peritonei.
0: Yeah, I like I like the candy version of that. Which like, isn't that the craziest thing that they call... Like, that's a name for it? Like, Jelly, jelly belly? belly? Like, it makes it sound so trivial compared to what it actually is.
1: Yeah. It's... Yeah. She's impressive.
0: And just the way she said everything without... Like, she's talking about this major cancer that's come back to, for her a bunch of times. But, like, her voice was still... Like, the energy in her voice was still so positive. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how people do that. I, like Like I said, I'm just blown away by her outlook on life.
1: Well, now you know why she's one of my personal resilience heroes.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. So what's some of the key takeaways that you took away from uh, that conversation? Well,
1: one, Sarah Simpson is delightful. (laughs) I adore her. And I'm so happy that we got to speak with her in depth about so many things. She's just, she's led a life and she continues to live a life. And she's amazing. That's one takeaway. Another takeaway is... I liked how when or when she was talking about what to do for somebody, if you're a friend to someone who's, like, going through cancer or some sort of a difficult or unfamiliar, Mm -hmm. potentially, like, you know, health-threatening situation, that you just need to show up. You don't have to have a magic word. You don't have to have a magic cure. You just need to show up. And that's like, that's a big takeaway, I think, because we always look for like, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? What should I bring? What should I give them? And we spend all this time worrying about how to support the person instead of just supporting the person.
0: Well, that was another interesting thing is the fact that she said in the in the interview, conversation,
1: <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> so many choices that I couldn't think
0: of a single one. Yeah, no, you're right. But she had mentioned that it's important also to find people outside of your like inner circle, mm-hmm. like outside mm-hmm. of family and friends. Like that kind of surprised me at first when she had said that. But now I guess thinking about that, it's because those people outside of that, your I guess your your basic community or the, your go to community, is you start to expand into other things where people have that understanding of exactly what you're going through kind of thing Mm -hmm. right so i found that super interesting and then the other part was the self-care piece that she mentioned and just some of the things that she did for self-care like Uh, what
1: what stood out for you
0: the the hiking how she chose everything do you call it a hike
1: uh yeah what do you call that a track
0: right like mount kilimanjaro
1: It's not, yeah, I don't know if you'd call that a hike. Yeah, I'd call it, yeah, a track, a summit. A summit sounds like a mountain word.
0: And then then knitting or (laughs) cross-stitching and just like some of the different things that she did after each one, but just how different that was. Yeah. But it was just a step, I guess, of just like retaking or getting back to normal, right? Like, I guess trying to get your life back on track to where it was before, though I can't believe that was someone's regular life. Yeah, I was like, I don't know.
2: <laughs> if
1: she was like summoning Killy before that. But like you know, like even coming back stronger from what she was facing each time. Stronger with an and with another skill that she didn't have before. And like she mentioned a couple times, being a Jane of all trades.
0: Definitely seems like she's mastered or is still mastering, I guess, resiliency to a point where like I said, I'm I'm at a loss for words after that. But like the self-care piece, I, I, I don't know, I'm going to harp on that just a little bit longer. Okay. And it's getting ready for this. I did a little bit of research, so I'm kind of proud of myself here. Okay. But uh, I came across a writer who had a, who had a quote here. So Layla Delilah, or Layla Dilia, I believe it's uh, pronounced. And she had a quote, which just connected to this episode for me, where self-care is how you take your power back. So Ooh. right, like so to me, connecting that to this episode in our conversation with Sarah, it seems like "quote unquote" getting back to normal or doing something to like reestablish yourself and breaking away from, especially when you're sitting in the hospital for so long, mm-hmm. it seems like that self care piece of, okay, I'm going to tackle a new challenge and focus on that and take my time out of my everyday life, work and phone calls and all that kind of stuff to start moving towards that goal a little bit, little bit, little bit. That is how she recharges herself to get back out into the world and do these things.
1: Yeah. And I think she thought of them kind of as outlets. If I'm, if I'm, um, paraphrasing her correctly, Where it was so that she would remind herself of who she was besides being like, or in addition to being someone who was fighting cancer, she's also all these other things, and also has all these goals and things that she's looking forward to doing. And part of it, I think, it was like motivation to be like, "Fuck cancer, I got shit to do."
0: <laughs> right. So we're not all going to go to a mountain or do a triathlon. Yeah, I think she threw I'm, that I'm into. Pretty too. sure I will do neither of those things. <laughs> right. So, but there are little pieces of that we can do. And I think that's part of what makes Scars and Lemonade great is that you might not be able to do everything on such a large scale, but there's pieces that you can take away and do in your everyday life that is going to be effective and useful for you.
1: Yes. And I invite everyone listening to let us know what your takeaways are from this episode and what the things that you do in your life for your self-care that work for you, that help you with your resilience and with your optimism journeys. How do you find the positive when things are hard? How do you make it through a difficult situation? What kind of things do you pick up and take with you along the way so that you're building your resilience? Well said. Thank you. And I invite everybody, as soon as you are done this episode and its completion, to practice another takeaway that we learned from Sarah, scheduling quiet into your life.
0: After you share this episode with someone that you think could benefit from any piece of this conversation.
1: Scars and Lemonade is created and produced within Treaty 1 territory on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabeg, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the national homeland of the Red River Métis. Music for Scars and Lemonade is written,
2: produced, and created by Evan Dysart.